All episodes of the Garage Build podcast are recorded live in the Law Fran Studios. The law offices of Fran Hosh, Palm Harbor, Florida. Call 1-866-LAW-FRAN or go to lawfran.com. The law offices of Fran Hosh, serving the Tampa Bay biker community for over 20 years. Welcome back to the Garage Built Podcast. I am fresh off a boat. The High Seas Rally. What an amazing, what an amazing thing that was. I I had so much fun. We did so many podcasts. Um, I sat down with Adam Sandoval, Larry Kirick from Lone Star Choppers, Mr. Keith Terry. Learned a lot about Terry components and... uh, also sat down with Brian and Vanessa Clock. That's going to be a very special um, episode. That's going to be episode 100. So this episode of the Garageville Podcast was recorded live on the High Seas Rally. and is brought to you by the Law Fran Studios. Call 1-866-LAW-FRAN and follow at Fran Hosh Law Group. We're also brought to you by SNS Cycles since 1958. SNS has led the V-Twin aftermarket from innovative new ways to get air and fuel into your performance twin to big bore kits for all big twins, sportsters, M8s to today's must-have exhaust components. Make sure you choose SNS for your next performance upgrade and visit sscycle.com. Follow SS Cycles on social media at SS Cycle. We're also brought to you by Team Dream Rides in Maryville, Tennessee, located only minutes from the tail of the dragon. Dream Rides specializes in performance engine upgrades used bike sales, service, maintenance, and repair. Visit TeamDreamRides.com and follow at DreamRides Tennessee on Instagram to keep up on all the latest news. I'm also brought to you by 1620 Workwear, premium made in the USA workwear, guaranteed for life. Visit 1620USA.com. Make sure you use the discount code SPEED2022 to save 20% at checkout. Follow at 1620USA. Man, I met so many people on this cruise. It was so awesome to sit down in an environment like that. If you haven't ever been on a cruise, just go to the High Seas Rally page go to at high seas rally on instagram or go to high seas rally.com and book for next year i cannot wait to see everybody there again Listening to the Garage Build Podcast with your host, Jason Holman. There we go. The garage door is open. We're ready. To my right, I have Adam Sandoval. Thank you very much. I've been wanting to do this for you for a very long time, man. And to my left, I have Mr. Brian Clock from Clockworks in Mitchell, South Dakota. Uh, we're in the last day of the High Seas Rally. Did you guys get enough in? Yeah. You think you did. You think you did. But then all of a sudden now it's like you start thinking about this is going to be the last 24 hours of rolling right. to get to hang out here. And it's it's a little melancholy. It's kind of a bummer, you know, because I think everybody's getting their rhythm, figuring out what they wanted to do, what they like to do, who they like to do it with, and starting to understand kind of, okay, if I stop through f- five, you know, 
the fifth floor to the eleventh floor, I might get to see that guy. I might get to see this guy. So right, and then you get to you find out where you can get a piece of pizza at two o'clock in the morning, <laughs> or hear hear somebody singing folk songs at almost three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it was that late, wasn't it? It was. What yeah. is your biggest takeaway from this week, Adam? Uh, you know, this is my first cruise. Mine so too. I've never been on a cruise before. I didn't really know what to expect, but I love the fact that I felt like I was at. Uh, a motorcycle rally. I mean, it, genuinely, they say the uh, only motorcycle rally on a cruise ship, and I, I think it's accurate, accurately dubbed that. I mean, I was surrounded by people that I didn't mind jumping in a pool with or hanging out and having drinks all night with, and I got some great conversation and some beautiful networking, and um, I got to support some people that are doing beautiful things in the spaces of motorcycle, and I did it all cruising across the ocean. That's right. pretty rad. Flying around in a vessel. What about you, Brian? Yeah, 100%. I, you can't uh, Adam summed it up. You can't say it any better than that. This is absolutely a biker community cruise, judgment-free zone. Um, you know, rip your shirt off, jump in the pool, uh, get off, go to you know some foreign island, and and suddenly your friends are there. It's like mm -hmm. it's the best. And I just, I really love the fact that we're contained in here. And it seems weird to be at a motorcycle rally without your motorcycle, and yet there's motorcycles planted on the boat. Right. You walk by them and all of a sudden you see some guys discussing the rake and trail by this bike, or, yeah, you know, I had one of these, I wasn't sure. See how he mounted this, and you know, it's fun. I think it's great. I And it's not just one kind of motorcycle either. There's, no. there's some diversity there. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, it's super fun. I'm so glad I came on this. I was hesitant at first, just because I, like you guys, have never been on a cruise. Uh, now, you just feel like you've got the you know, the tools in your box and you could navigate it even better next time and you can't just wait for next year. Right. So you mentioned network opportunities, Adam, and we found ourselves in the midst of, a, of what I would say was probably one of the most substantive, uh, important conversations that I've had in quite some time. And it made me miss the old V-Twin Expo where we were all converged in one place for one reason. The networking is something that has gone away and you are hugely successful in social networking, arguably the most successful in the motorcycle space. How do we converge, uh, but still keep the digital media space growing as fast as it does, but still find ourselves in places where we can have these conversations on a it's, more regular basis? That's a tough one, man. You know, uh, you know, Sturgis for me is always a big rally because, again, I get to network with people. But at the end of the day, at Sturgis, you're so exhausted from all the activities of all the day that by the end, most of the time, the the guys that are in it, they're there for work, are headed to bed. Yeah. You know, and uh, here you can only go to that stateroom so many times. You know what I mean? And it's, yeah, it's really kind of a it's it's not a repellent or anything. Cause it's a wonderful stateroom. But wonderful. It's, it's still it's like. I wanted to. I didn't want to spend any time in there because yeah, I. You're in your room. To I wanted sleep. to run That's into right. you again. I wanted to run into you again, even if right. it was just for 30 seconds. And everybody's here, right? Yeah. I go to Sturgis. I'll run into some people I know at the Chip. I'll run into some people, you know, I know at Full Throttle. I'll run in, you know, Pappy Hole. But here, everybody's in one spot. That's right. right? It's it's, and and I think you're 100 percent right, Brian. You know, I was a little concerned, uh, not concerned, but confused at a motorcycle rally without my bike mm -hmm. it was just a little confusing to yeah, me yeah. um but i haven't felt out of it, it hasn't been an issue until you just brought it up now i just realized i'm like you know i worried about that too and it's nothing it's nothing it's, it's nothing. nothing your brain is you have a motorcycle brain you're talking to motorcycle people yeah and you're talking about motorcycles while you're ripping through the ocean <laughs> and there's just cool stuff going on all around you and it's like there's music 
every hour on the hour somewhere there's a place to eat there's somewhere to get a cocktail with somebody it's just like yeah yeah it's motorcycle overload but it no is. motorcycles it's so cool yeah <laughs> it just goes to show you that like the uh the bonds that keep the motorcycle community kind of all in in, in one direction it is the motorcycle is kind of the, the the vessel to get us all there but we're even without that we're still all kind of this one hive the culture baby yeah it's pretty amazing and i you know there's no you mentioned it it wouldn't it was a judgment-free zone it was a class-free zone it was like we were all just kind of doing our own thing but all doing it together at the same time it was really cool well they're raising money for you know the kidney dialysis foundation and you know like adam said he goes i was in the auction room that's this is yeah. i'm paraphrasing yeah. you right now sure. you're in the auction room and you're like i wanted to buy something and i just couldn't yeah and so to your point jason um we're all the same level yep until all of a sudden it came time to donate and there's some philanthropic dudes in there who threw down some serious cash today yeah there's some heavy hitters on this boat no doubt I and you would that never know quick. you would never yeah, know never know sitting by me in the pool drinking the same yep. drink i'm drinking have yeah. the same good time yep. right I, uh, awesome. I, I, I lost count of how many, how many times I went up to the bar, how many times I tried something new. I think I've lost point, but I've made friends on the crew too, like, are on the cruise that were people that aren't in the industry that now you start to see them and you see them every day mm -hmm. and you get to know them by name mm -hmm. and they just stop for a second, exchange a, you know, a greeting or whatever, ask what you're doing later. You end up running into them here and there and that it's, it's very cool. And you have fog hat walking around, you have Molly hatchet walking around the black smoke spinners. It's, it's really, it's really rad. It is a cool, it is a cool experience. And I, I look forward to hopefully doing it uh, many more times because, um, not only have I felt like I did some successful uh, networking and supported some friends in the industry, but I, I also had an incredibly good time and I had relaxing moments. I could have spent another day at Labadee. Yeah, that oh, beach was yeah. just phenomenal. That was unbelievable. And to think that when we got on the boat, they said there was a problem in Haiti and you know no more travel there. And we get escorted out, and there's a coast, uh, guard. coast guard helicopter. Do you hear what happened with that? Right. Yeah. Now yeah. I don't understand yeah. it. What happened? So a lady slipped on the rocks on the pier, stuck her foot in the water. And got hit by a man of war. Her leg blew up to as big as my chest. A man what? of war is like a jellyfish type. Yeah. Uh, her leg blew up to like the size of my chest. Or like, oh my, she thought she broke her ankle, and it turned out she got nailed by a man of war. They got her on the boat, and it was her leg was already a big around as my chest. And so the coast they, they, they called in the coast guard. Off. Yeah, landed on the ship. That took off from the ship. Yeah, oh, no, I didn't know I didn't that. Know that. Yeah. He, because he came around from the back, but I'm like, he couldn't be any closer to these windows. Yeah. And I'm like, what is he doing? And we're in there listening to Barbie the Welder chat. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, whoa. Yeah, I got the scoop on that in the pool this wow. morning. Yeah. Nice. It's like, and there you go. It, <laughs> That's it, why we're it here. It wasn't on social media. We actually <laughs> talked to somebody who, who saw it. Yeah, that um, doesn't happen. Adam, something that um, you and I kind of, we, we really, I, I, it was a good conversation because we were, I felt we were challenging each other's line of thinking. That's the best. And you said something to me, you're like, look, man, I, I want to do your podcast, but I, I want you to, I want you to give me some hard questions. I, I love hard know. questions. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about, I don't think people understand the arc of your career. Okay. And so we all know, um, around, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you what, what I think is somewhere around 16 or 17 maybe early 18 you purchased the k river campground correct in 18. so and then that's where the jace hosts his fast life camp out mm -hmm. right among other things there i know that veterans can come and stay there free of charge correct 
um, you have cabins on the property, you have all kinds of things, and, and that is a lot of moving pieces and parts, and it's something that is definitely, I mean, that's a vocation that you have as a, as a professional um, campground owner. But let's talk about pre-K River. Mm-hmm. Um, you as, you know, before you were even creating this, this juggernaut of social media that you have today, where did you where did you start off where did you grow up because i always thought that you were military and you told me no i'm I'm not in fact you just you give to that community wholeheartedly so back up and kind of tell us where did adam adam start out and and how you got involved sure um so i'll try to make it as fast as possible i was born in green bay wisconsin Uh, my parents got divorced when i was three years old and absolutely hated each other got as far away from each other as they could so i grew up between uh, green bay atlanta georgia and pismo beach california Um, I uh, was in mixed martial arts for 16 years in the cage fighting business, everything from competing to gym owning to management to training. Um, I did that and uh, I I sold it all. I moved to Florida, bought myself a pool home, thought I was set for life, Uh, opened up a little motorcycle shop, uh, opened up a bar attached to a Harley Davidson dealership. What I didn't realize is in Florida, the bikers uh, don't drink. So... Uh, not like they do in Green Bay. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, they were coming over to get a Coke while their oils was changed instead of drinking whiskeys all night with me. So gotcha. uh, it turned out to be kind of a, a, a failure. Uh, it was called Fuel Tap and Tavern. It was a badass bar uh, built right, but it just didn't, it was the wrong market. It was the wrong space. And uh, I ended up going back to mixed martial arts. Uh, was miserable. Went through divorce and said, you know what? I had always dreamt of joining the military and I didn't because in my teens and 20s, I just, uh, poor choices, uh, bad judgment, just uh, poor choices, man. I just did some things that I shouldn't have been doing. I was living the wrong life. Um, and when I went to join the military, I was 36 years old and they're like, look, man, <laughs> you're old, brother. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> they're like, you're shot out, man. We don't even want you, you you're know? Like, Have you seen how many push-ups and pull-ups I can do? <laughs> yeah. And so they, they, uh, they pretty much told me no for the most part. Um, and a buddy of mine who was a 20 year Navy veteran said, look, dude, he's like, you know, you like to get out there and, and, and do public stuff. He's like, why don't you just use that to do uh, something positive and I said for the military I said all right man you're right and I came up with this plan I, f- I found out nobody had ever ridden to every Harley Davidson dealership in America in a single run it was 702 dealers when I left in 2014 and uh, I just sold all my shit man my house my multiple motorcycles cars artwork dishes sofa everything I owned I sold it all I stuck it in my gas tank and I started saying I was gonna run to every dealership in the country and I ran out of money I went Went, went broke, uh, was, was struggling to get by, didn't have any social media presence or following, didn't even know it was a thing, uh, didn't even know it was an option. What year is this? This is 2014, 2015. Okay, so social media is, is definitely, um, at that point, has a, has a strong foundation. Everybody, everybody doesn't know what to do with it yet, though, at that point, right? right? It was still, like, Facebook was still hooking up with, finding up, find, you know, hooking back up with people that you lost track of in high school, exactly. uh, old business associates, things like that. Never did I think there's any monetary system to social media where I'd be making a living off of it. Right. You know? um, I just, I knew that I could put it on there where I was going and hopefully raise money for charity, and that's all I really knew. Um, so at this point, you're eff- effectively, by definition, you're homeless. 100% homeless. Yeah, I was sleeping behind gas stations, in between buildings. I'd, my, my, my go-to 
was to like get just outside of town and find like big lots, like five acre lots or something that were mm -hmm. for sale. Yeah. And I knew nobody lived there. I could right. put my bike in there, sleep sure. next to my bike for the night, get up in the morning and roll. Gotcha. Yeah. So um, you start going around the country. You do. You did end up visiting every single dealership, did, did you not? Successfully, yes, yeah. I did. Yeah. So I how did you do? How do you do Hawaii? So okay, so I did the I did do Hawaii, but not in that tour. Uh, that was the Continental Forty Eight. Okay. So every 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 dealership in the Continental Forty Eight that I could ride to. So there was a, a world record I was going for, and, and I I broke it, but they ended up taking it away from me because I got in an accident. Okay. But. Um, it was the most miles in one country on a single trip, right? So I did uh, 88,000 miles on that trip in one country, which is the most in a single trip. Still, even their record now isn't that much, but, you know, whatever. So, so in those 88,000 miles, at what point did you start feeling the pendulum swing that people are following me, people are paying attention? Like, yeah. Uh, they're watching. The last year. Yeah. The last year. Wow. Yeah. That had yeah. to be so. I got a video. Explain of it to me. Just, I mean, <laughs> think about that. Think about when you went to the first dealership and yeah. the next dealership, and then you were totally broke, and it, it was getting scary. It was bad, man. I mean, I got hit by a car. Like, I had dropped my insurance, my health insurance, the month before that because I'd ran out of money, and I was like, okay, either I stop doing this and I go get a job, or I start cutting expenses. Right. I had, I had one sponsor at the time. He gave me six hundred dollars a month. Uh, it was Scott Fisher. He owned a couple dealerships, and uh, that was it. I mean, it paid almost for my gas, you know. And so everything else, I was eating sardines, and uh, I just I didn't even know that the social media could be what it has become for me. It was, you know, people always ask me, well, what's the what's the what's the key? What's bro? I don't know, man. Like I was out riding my bike, trying to service my soul, trying to service some regret posting pictures and, and showing people what I was doing and people fell in love with it. My dog, let's be honest. Yeah. My dog played a big part in that, For right? Sure. For oh, sure. Oh, yeah. 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 I forgot about I forgot about. And had Scooter, Scooter ridden with you before? His whole life. This whole thing. His whole life. From day one. Before I ever knew I was going to do anything in the motorcycle awesome. world. Yeah, when I was just a rider, just doing it because I loved it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I still do it because I love it, but, you know, I, I'm, now I make a living at it. Uh, so yeah, all of a sudden one day, you know, one company would call me up and be like, hey bro, you know, we'd really like you to wear our jacket, you know, and the next day another company would call me up and be like, hey bro, you know, would you mind, you know, running our seat or, you know, and just, and then all of a sudden it clicked. I'm like, wait a minute, like there's a lot of people watching me right now right. and these companies want to, to tap into that. And so then I started figuring out, okay, well, you know, now you have discussions with yourself about morale and, and you know, what's right. important. You know, you don't want to be a sellout, but at the same time, you know, you want to... You, you have to be an example. You have yeah. to watch Right, it. exactly. So you start making, you know, decisions on what companies to work with and what products to work with. And, you know, you start telling people, you know, well, let me try it and I'll see. And if I like it, I'll do something. If I don't, you know, maybe I'll be quiet, but... You right. know, I'm not going to sit and promote you if I don't like it, you know. Was there ever a point in time where a light bulb goes off? And, you're, and the reason why I'm asking this is because it seems like, and Brian, you know this because you're a manufacturer of, of lots of different parts. I feel like there is a part of the community of, the, of influencers, of people that want to be influencers, that don't, um, that don't understand that it is still work. And that once you're given an item to to demonstrate and use and put in place that there needs to be a beginning 
a middle and an end to that to where you have something, you know, you have to deliver something at the end. Mm -hmm. What is the commodity that, uh, that you would tell a young influencer that they need to deliver to whoever helps them or sponsors them or provides them with product or, or, or those things? I think honesty, man, right? Honesty is everything. And and if, if you're not being honest with yourself, then uh, you're not being honest with your audience and they will, have, especially bikers, bro. Bikers see through bullshit fast. <laughs> they do. You know what I mean? You're not gonna snuff some of these dudes you know, running around here. I mean, you got to earn your stripes. Yeah. And um, I feel like that helped me out a lot because I feel like uh, to real riders, I, they feel like I did earn my stripes. Um, so that helped my credibility. Um, but even then, still, man, you got to be careful because if you do something for the wrong reason, it, people are going to see it. You yeah, know? Yeah, and I, th I think that's, that's where people are struggling yeah. with this whole influencer thing. Like, you already have the credibility. You you actually did the ride. Right. Through that ride, caught a following. Right. Now these guys are like, I got X amount of followers. We don't really know how you got those followers. For right? sure. Right. And suddenly, yeah, you might have 10,000 followers, but you might have bought them. Sure. So that I'll just give you something free or you'll use my stuff. Well, it's become. And then you burn that up and you go to the next guy, yeah. the next guy, the next guy. You're 100% correct. And you lose that loyalty factor. <laughs> and that's what real biker culture values is the loyalty and the and those type of guys will always get you know a, a small for sure percent of people who just don't want to follow uh you know whatever the the trend is or or, or want to you know uh, be part of something but you're 100 percent correct man you can't go into this wanting to be a famous social media motorcycle person like i see guys doing it and and oh, yeah. And it's um, it's it's never going to pan out because I mean, in my opinion, because I think it's, you didn't earn the stripes. You're doing it for the wrong reason. Well, there's always people that 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 like you know I, I was I was, there. I heard an analogy one time about being a cream liquor about how you know there, you pour a root beer float and the float and there's cream at the top, right? And because the ice cream melts or whatever, the people that that's what they think they want when they they really need what's what's filling up. That's right. What what's filling up the glass. Right. And Brian, you know, you being a motorcycle shop owner and celebrating 25 years Woo. in the business. Um, <laughs> I know, right? Big fan. He just um, said I'm old is what he told me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right behind you, dude. I'm only a few years behind you. Um, you know, there used to be that old, you know, you want to learn how to do something, go find somebody who does it already, ask them to sweep the floor for free, right? So there is a way to sweep the floor for free in the social media world. It's find a brand that you like, yeah. Start becoming it. You don't need permission to be a brand ambassador. No. Just start. You know, if you find a brand that you like, make the investment in the stuff. Mm -hmm. Start using it yourself. Start yeah, you're sharing, giving a testimonial about yeah, something exactly. you actually believe in. That's the best way to start. And once you direct, <laughs> that's something you got paid for. Once you direct, and I'll tell everybody sure. what I did. This company right here, sixteen twenty workwear. Mm -hmm. They make they make really high end workwear in the United States. It's all and even. Everything down to the ink they source and, and the packaging they source and all that. They, everything they can get from the United States, they get from the United States. And their stuff, it's not cheap. I, I wanted to start using their stuff. I bought some of their stuff. I started posting constantly. Like, not, a, not to the point where it was ridiculous, but me using it, me wearing it, uh, buying a little bit more. And all of a sudden, they contacted me. Yeah. And but so, you've got your stripes too, though, man. I mean, you've... You, you know what I mean? You've got a name at this point, and, and people know who you are, and, and you're in the industry. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? You're not like a guy who just all of a sudden said, you know what, I'm going to become a fucking 
uh, pardon yeah. my language, no, but, you but, but yeah, become you a, think, yeah. you know, become a, a, a social media celebrity because you want free cocktails and free windshields from Brian. No, you know? I, I, I really genuinely enjoy doing podcasts and that's why uh, I parked it for so many years. Like when I started doing podcasts 10 years ago, people were like, I don't, I don't understand yeah. the space. Yeah. I don't, what are you doing? I, and I didn't never tried to monetize it. I, I did it. I put it out there, and then I just paid. I did ten episodes one year. Like I did one, like one a month for like a year, and just paid the money. And then in eighteen, when my dad got sick, I decided to start doing this again. And that's where I found out that you're there, and and that you know you're very active in social media as far as your brand and that. And so I started. You do do a about, great job, Brian. Thank you. Well, oh, you, do too. Oh, you do too. No <laughs> doubt. I mean, that's a given. That. I'm on your show, but <laughs> but Brian, Brian does. does. His, his his channel does do. Brian good. is somebody that um, you know, and I've never publicly thanked you. I mean, I've told you off to the side that you know when when Chris Callen and I decided to try to do Torque, and we did. We didn't try. We did it. You know, we launched yeah, the magazine, good. and we found out how hard it was to, la to launch a second title and how much work it was going to be, and that, and um, it. Brian was the first one to step up and said, whatever you're doing, I'm supporting you. And you, we were in good contact with him and Vanessa and anything we needed from their team at the time. You had another individual working for you that handled kind of all that stuff. Yeah, of course. Thank That's what you, I man. live for. Fixing other people's shit for free. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I wanted to, you know, you were such a, a, a champion for, for what we did and, and made it work for us to figure out what it did. And we all we all learned, uh, you know, quite a bit about that. But going back to the example, I learned that by example. Arlen Ness came to me one day and I had my bike at a show and he said, how come you don't have my whatever part on there? I said, honestly, Arlen, I can't afford it. So Brian, I can't afford to fly from California to South Dakota to just take you to dinner. And that's about what that part costs. Please just call me next time. I'd like you to use my stuff. Mm -hmm. It would yeah. make me happy. Mm -hmm. And I thought, here's a guy who's established a brand that is worldwide huge, right? Absolutely. He's one of my heroes, and he's always a gentleman. He'll always have to take a picture, always sign an autograph. And here he's telling me he's disappointed in me because I didn't use his part, even if I would call him and ask for it for free. So right. there is a, there, but he, he saw you putting in the work, yeah, right? Yeah, there, but that, that comes with respect. Yeah. That comes with you doing the work. Correct. Not just jumping and going, I don't know if you know who I am. I'm right. a big deal. I'm, you should know. If yeah, you say I, I'm I a big really deal. I weird about that. Yeah, if you say <laughs> I'm a big deal or you have to give yourself the title of, you know, certified this or famous that. Yeah. You're an epic fail in my For book. Sure. That is the wrong thing to do. Don't ever do that. Yeah. Just stay humble. Be who you are. You guys put in the work. And so when I saw, you know, you and Chris doing the show and launch a torque, I was like, yeah, I'm in. Mm -hmm. Even if I don't have the money right now, I'm in because I want to sustain the motorcycle culture, right? It goes back to your, your campground, okay? Mm. In 2018, you were on the rise, doing great in social, and you made a conscious decision to step into the campground with that campground being a place for veterans, a place for motorcyclists, hub to host things that made your heart happy am i wrong 100 percent correct and so what i mean what prompted that what what was the moment where you're like i need to do this uh well you know okay well i mean a couple things really one was i was very insecure in uh my direction leaving you know after i hit all the dealers i remember a time sitting down like there's a video and, you know, and even Ashley, my, my now wife, was just my girlfriend at the time. And, you know, I looked at her and I said, you know, I, I appreciate you dating me, but I don't know what my future looks like. Like, I'm flat broke. I'm, I'm, you know, I've been living off the back of my bike. I'm homeless. 
I've got a dog and uh, you know yeah. yeah I got some deals coming in here and there but it's not enough to support let, a family let me interrupt you for just a second that is vulnerability yeah that is what yeah. so many people lack yeah. right there you looked with serious emotion into <laughs> that microphone and you said you know there's a moment there's yeah. a video out there and you looked out at Ashley who's now your wife and you're thinking Man, she's beautiful. I want to provide for her. She makes me happy. Yeah. She balances out, you know, the teeter-totter of communication mm -hmm. in life, right? And you're like, well, how do I, what, what if? What if I can't do this? What if? And that's what stops everybody is because the fear factor, the what if, mm -hmm. right? You can what if yourself to death. 100%. Is it bad to what if? No, not at all. Because you need that retrospect to almost scare you into action sometimes. And I think that was the vulnerability. That was your what if moment where you're like facing it and you're like, I got to do something. Right. Yeah, that definitely changes the arc of how somebody thinks maybe um, somebody would maybe make some incorrect assumptions about that. You know, they knew that you were an MMA guy or they knew that you had businesses before. So they just assume that based on that, that you made every decision was perfect <laughs> yeah. and you had enough money and you said, you know what, I'm going to go across the country. And then um, and then you end up in a situation where um potential, you know, a, a lack of intestinal, it was never a lack of intestinal fortitude, but it might have been a lack of or an acknowledgement of that you hadn't created enough resources for yourself to do that. And so mm -hmm. you put roots down somewhere and you decide that the K River is where you're going to going to be centric. Or you centralize yourself from tell that place, home about, base, right? Yeah, tell us a little more about that decision, because I think that people can draw inspiration from your moment of, oh, no. Yeah. Did we just switched the game to where people had already built a narrative around Adam Sandoval, that you were successful, you get paid loads of money to be on, and <laughs> yeah. you are successful, but that, you know, people Things have are better today. People have a tendency to look over the fence or look into your bowl, and you should never look in your neighbor's bowl unless you're making sure they have enough, right? So tell us about yeah, a time well when maybe said. you didn't have enough. Well, I mean, that was it, man. I mean, I had nothing. She she would come out. I'd be sleeping on the street. She'd come out and get me a hotel room. You know what I mean? I remember one year for my birthday, you know, she, she bought me a dinner. You know what I mean? Like, that was a big, big deal to me. I mean, I was homeless, bro. I mean, I was cutting my own health insurance, got hit by a car. I was looking at 250 grand in debt. I'm over here raising money for charity. You know, I would, I would stop at a dealership. And, you know, I remember one day I raised like 16 grand that day for charity. And then that night I went and asked the church to let me sleep in their... In their, inside their church because I had nowhere to sleep, you know? Um, and, and I say I had nowhere to sleep. I mean, in, in all honesty, I had people offering up rooms for me a lot and I stayed in a lot of rooms of people's homes and things like that. But sometimes, you know, you gotta just, it, it's better to be alone behind a gas station than it is in someone's house, not because you don't appreciate what they're offering you, but because it, sometimes you just gotta download your head when you, you know were what I mean? trying to learn to appreciate what you were doing too, I mean, it's something yeah, that man. it's an opportunity, it's a growth opportunity that a lot of people don't give themselves, right? And mm -hmm. a lot of people don't make sure that their kids have some some struggle and some and some some things, some consequences to overcome. Right. So I had I had uh, finished the tour, didn't know where I was going, uh, didn't know what I was going to do, didn't know where my future lied. Knew I had this beautiful woman that I sure enough couldn't support in the manner that a man or, or a spouse should and um i just you know but things were picking up you know like like brian said earlier things were picking up for me and i was i was on an upward uh, trajectory on social media more and more companies were reaching out to me and um you know uh without giving too much detail i had a, a sponsor uh, make a deal with me to do some stuff and then they didn't come through um and so i delivered my end on a shoestring budget 
because um, I still delivered on my end, I just covered all my expenses. Integrity. And then in the end of the year, that sponsor had to reconcile with me and they ended up giving my entire year's pay in one lump sum. And I had already spent all the money out of my own pocket to execute. Right. So I had that check and I had nowhere to spend it. And I always knew because I had lived at this point homeless for five years off my motorcycle, you know, uh, I always knew that I couldn't go back to working like a, a normal job. I needed to be around people. And I'd slept in enough campgrounds to know that, you know, I go to a hotel, except for the high seas rally, I'll go to a hotel <laughs> and I get in an elevator and with four other people, and we all just stare at each other. Nobody says a word. You go right. to the floor, you go to your room, right. you go to a campground. People are like, hey, where are you from? What do you do? That does happen here on this cruise. I will give them that. Um, but typically in a hotel, it doesn't. In the campground, it does. And, and that engagement is what I really thrive off of. Our conversation the other night, I love stuff like that. Like, I don't, I've been out late one night this entire trip, and that was it. Sitting around with the guys talking about pickup trucks and motorcycles and social media. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Not exactly what people probably imagine, but, you know, uh, that's, that's, you know that, that's where it's at. So I had that check. At the end of the year, um, I knew a campground would be a good thing. I, I, I was lost in a way to give back anymore because I'd done so much fundraising and so much uh, stuff for charity. I, I kind of lost, uh, I, didn't, I didn't have a new direction. Like, what am I gonna do next to be, you know, to, 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 to fulfill this, this regret I have in me and, and to fulfill, charity has become a huge part of who I am. Like, I, I, you know, I tell everybody, I do it for selfish reasons, right? I do it because it makes me feel good. Right. I mean, yeah, but talk about that regret for a minute. I don't know. I, I guess from the outside looking in again, not looking in your bowl, but looking at somebody who has spent a, a considerable amount of their adult life giving back in a way that many people don't don't think of doing. Mm -hmm. So where does the regret come from? I mean, you, you know, Just you, making bad choices when I was younger, bro. I was not a good kid. You know, I was a bad person for a lot of years. And, and I, I changed that, you know? I went, through, I went through a process and I changed that. I changed who I was. You know, I was an aggressive, violent, uh, vile person for a lot of, lot of my life, man, as a, as a young adult in my teens and 20s. Right. Um, and I know everybody says, oh, I was bad when I was a kid, but I was, I was really bad. And, uh, and, and, and because of that, I didn't realize how important community is. And I didn't realize how important uh, our military is and by the time I figured out when I went to go do something about it they're like no bro you're too old <laughs> you're so it, it's like the, <laughs> the sands of the hourglass yeah. like start to run out yeah, now, yeah. have you had an opportunity to reconcile with yourself and other people the things that you did that were bad or is this uh, is this a mechanism you know like some people get into a program to where when they don't work the program the program they get worked over right mm -hmm. but are you is this something this is a true life change thing. You, are you a different person? Oh, is what 100%. I'm trying to get to. I'm proud of who I am today. Yeah, I look any man in the face and, and, and be proud of, of who I am and what I do today. Um, but uh, if I look you in the face and talk about my, my childhood, it's not the same, <laughs> not yeah. the same feeling. But you don't get to where you are today without doing all of those things. So what was the epiphany? That, when did you wake up and go, okay, this, this is we're done. You know, where you look yourself in the mirror and say, I I've had enough. Well, I think it was when I got, when I, when I finally decided to do something about it, right? I finally decided, okay, I'm going to join the military. I'm going to, I'm going to give back. I'm going to like be an active member of society and I'm going to do something for my country. And I'm going to, I'm going to, and then they told me no, <laughs> right? Then, then, then you start to be like, oh, 
You know what I mean? Yeah, start- th- this was an easy decision. I was ready to go, and I know what it's like to play for that team. Yeah. I, can, I can read the brochures. I can yeah. see what's going on. I can watch other military people. Yeah. And suddenly you're like, no, you don't want me on your team? Yeah, exactly. And, and so I think so many times that point of rejection or that point of stop mm-hmm. is like, it's if you don't self-reflect at that moment, if you don't look internal, you don't get to where you're at. Probably yeah, not yeah, at all. To fix those things. Never. I don't know. And I and I think what happens is so many people get stuck in and lost in the regret, mm-hmm. and never come forward out of it. Sure. So you had yeah. raised sixteen thousand dollars for a charity. Next thing you know, you're sleeping in a church's hallway or whatever, just hanging out, right? Yeah trying to continue to survive, but you'd already made a decision that whatever I do, I will do for the greater good of someone else. 100%. And but, myself. But I, will, but, but I will never deny that it helps me. It does. And well, that's what people don't understand. It's like, yeah, you don't want to get me started, but you, everybody knows I'm very faith-based, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when, when Christ walked on this earth and had 12 disciples, he had this group of guys, right? When he left, he said to them, love one another. Okay, could you give me anything harder to do? <laughs> you know, that guy just cut me off in traffic. Yeah. That guy stole my girlfriend. Right. This guy, you know, didn't pay his bill. Mm-hmm. That guy took something, did something. Mm. And you might have been that guy. I think we've all been that guy. Yeah, we've mm-hmm. all okay? flipped mm-hmm. the bird or whatever. Yeah, just, just been wrong. Right. And so the last commandment that he gives us guys is love one another. Well, that couldn't be any more difficult, any harder thing to do, any bigger hurdle, any bigger mountain, right? And so for me, as an outsider looking in, when I saw the K River campground, I had met you, I had seen you at rallies, I had seen Ashley at rallies, and I'm like, these guys have just good energy. And now it's, they're gonna put it into this place that people can come home to, yep. that people can connect at, that people can network at. That's, that's the beauty of the whole thing. It's like- It, it has been beautiful, man. I, that campground is, is a blessing to me uh, in a lot of ways. It's my home. Um, but just seeing the work we've done, like, you know, it's, so for everybody out there listening, I mean, it's, it's free for veterans. So if you're a veteran, uh, you, your immediate family, parents, children, wives are all welcome, free of charge. Uh, we've got cabins, we've got RV spots, we've got tent spots, whatever you need. Uh, you can come and you can stay and get away. And, you know, last year, I did. Now I'm not a 501c3 or nothing like that. It's no different than going to Home Depot and them giving you a 10% discount. My discount's just 100%. Okay. And, <laughs> Good way to put it. Yeah. And, and, and you just come there. But, you know, I added up last year, I did $96,000 in free stays for veterans. That's and fantastic. That's, that, that, that's not $96,000 out of my pocket, right? It's just $96,000 of service. It's, those are what I would have rented those cabins for had I charged. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I would have, you know. I mean, I, yeah, I pay for maintenance and fixing up and cleaning people and stuff like that but you know that I'm not trying to suggest that that that's cash out of my pocket that's just what I was able to provide in services and you know that to me is like when I got that lump sum check at the end after they'd kind of stiffed me for so long and I've already paid for all my expenses and I already delivered my end of it I was like I put it down about that campground yeah and I was like okay now I know I have another way to give back because I was, I was lost. I, I didn't have another idea. I didn't have another plan. I didn't, I didn't know how I was going to give back and serve, you know, what is, a, what has become a need for me, right? It's, it's yeah. just part of who I am. It's like, it's part of what I do. Is it, is it an insatiable thing? Is it, you know, is it an unquenchable thirst, or is it something that is, 
this is you have found comfort in this and this is something that you can do in perpetuity yeah for sure and you're building a, a legacy where this will be able to continue or is it something that's um it's it's you would not be i'm not trying to i'm not trying to conflate it with anything negative i'm just trying no. to say that some people replace work or some people replace an addiction with work sure right is mm -hmm. this something that is have you found a comfortable place in this to where you're able to give yeah un, uh, that's good like yeah. unfettered and in, in, in yeah i don't feel like it's uh i do it because it makes me feel good right um i do it because it feels like the right thing to do which i guess is why it makes me feel good um, and I do it because I feel like I have a mission. I have a I have a goal. I have I have something worth waking up for and making a difference every day. You know, when when a veteran comes up to me and shakes my hand and is like, "Hey, man," you know, I was at this point in my life. Right. You know, and and I mean, some very serious conversations. And they tell me, "Listen, you know, knowing that people like you were doing this, or I came to your campground and and I found this piece. You know, I had a guy tell me that he was suicidal, like in a bad place, uh, and." stumbled upon the very night he was in his darkest moment stumbled upon one of my YouTube videos and told himself you know what instead of doing this I'm just gonna spend everything I got he spent it all he bought a camper and he drug it to Oklahoma and parked it at my campground rather than rather than rather than being a number Right. Correct. And but he's like, he's like, screwed. If I'm gonna go to any twenty two a day now, isn't it? Who, it's too Still, many. Yeah. yeah. Well, one's too many, but yeah. twenty two is a lot. That is a lot of people. But that's you being an example, as we talked about before, and more importantly, living in community. Yeah, when you live you in the example, You just showed too. that guy how to be part of a community. Right. Even if it means giving everything you've got to try to start, stop what you're doing and start something else. Yeah. It means wiping this slate clean. But a clean slate without community is a very, very lonely place to be. Hmm. Always you should plug into community. Don't discount for it one second. The guy standing beside you in the elevator and you unload what you got, he might have the answer. Okay? It's a fact. And so I that's how I that's why you I You have to make yourself available for that too. You have to be yeah. that you have to be able to allow people to plug into that. And mm -hmm. you have to have the vulnerability to say, I was this person. This mm -hmm. is really who I am. This is what I've done. I'm just telling you. And they right. might say, you're not probably gonna believe this, but I will tell you I've done the same thing, I've had the same thing, mm. and here's how you can fix it, yeah. right? You don't know if hey. you don't share. Don't bottle it up, don't, you know, no one ever said no, get no. a bunch of guns and some alcohol, go live on an island and see what happens by yourself. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, that's a bad plan. That's, yeah, it's a terrible plan, yeah. right? Talk to the guy in the elevator. Say hello to the guy who just loaded your luggage out of the airplane or something. Yeah. See the guy stand on the street corner. Why don't you go across the street and talk to your neighbor? Yeah. What if yeah. that guy would share a frozen pizza with you? I mean, <laughs> I can cook a frozen pizza, and that is about it. Oh, we talked about that in the last podcast. But I did it for the old... wife would say that... It's, yeah. Uh, she, I don't want to know. You may or may not be able to heat one. <laughs> yeah. But I did. I went across the street to the old guy whose wife had died two years earlier. I'd see him out there. He'd wave this, that. One night I walked over and I took a frozen pizza and I said, hey, you want to eat a pizza with me? Yeah. He's like, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, man. See, that's it. He just wants to talk for that's two it. hours straight. He just wants you to listen. Right. And once you feel that, yeah, you know what I mean? Thing. It's a good thing, dude. There ain't no turning away from that. It is just a good thing. And once you feel that, you want more of it, you know? And so I just, I just want to help as many people as I can help, including myself, including my family. 
you know um, I just I just want to help whoever I can and and be a positive role model because the attention I got from being the bad guy is nowhere near as fulfilling as the attention I get from being a good guy and that's that's just honest well said yeah it's just it's just not the same man and and uh, and people in this country are good I mean I don't care I've ridden I've ridden coast to coast 18 times across America you know north to south nine yeah, yeah. and I'm telling you, in every little town, there's good people. I don't care if you don't see it on social media or you don't see it on the internet or the news. And it might not be even the first guy you talk to when you walk in the building. Might not. No, you're right. But you got to have faith. If you don't have any faith or any trust in the fact that humanity is good, then you're you're in a very dark place, yeah. right? And you got to keep finding the good. You, and people will put you there. People will sure. leave you there. For I sure. mean, if they you don't, don't listen care. to the right people. Right. I mean, they will put you there and convince you. Yeah, yeah misery loves company. It sure does. Man. And you, somebody, you can... somebody told me that one time about like a crab pot, right? A crab pot will be there, and one crab's trying to crawl up the wall to get out, and the other crabs will pull its legs off to the point of almost killing it because they don't want it to get out. Don't Just leave us. Be, be the crab that escapes that yeah. mess. Yeah. Be the crab that. Be the crab that even if you get a leg or two even, yanked even off in if, the process. Even if you lose some stuff, right? <laughs> That's right. So with that said, thank you guys for having me on. I got to run to the other end of the boat and make an appearance in uh, Xavier's absence. Oh, um, yes. But that that is living in community. When I heard X was getting off the boat, I said, if you need something, let me know. I'll step in. Last night, I'm in the bar at 1231 o'clock. And he's like, hey, can you be on this stage tomorrow? <laughs> down in five so on the other end of the boat exactly at five so i got a roll but adam thanks for the vulnerability jason yeah. thank you for what you're doing for our community thank you for continuing to educate people and just bringing them good motorcycle stuff thank I love you very it. much dude i appreciate you I guys appreciate you very much um i want to the, one of the things that I, I really wanted to talk about was with you was and we kind of touched on it a little bit we're talking about um the way that social media is perceived versus the way that it actually is. And I think there is this belief uh, within people who really have a strong desire to paint themselves as, as influencers. Mm -hmm. Number one, I want everybody to understand that you can do it if you're doing authentic work. That's the key, though, man. That's where people, that's where, not people, that's where some people, and I think the minority uh, actually lose touch is not being authentic, right? Doing it because you want to be famous. Doing it because you want uh, doors to open for you. Doing it because you want this lifestyle that you see on somebody else's page. That's the problem. Like, if you can let go of that, just find what makes you happy and then share it with people, you'll be successful, man. Whatever that means, it might not. you might not be making a million dollars a year. You might not be making $100,000 a year. You might make $20,000 a year, but if you're happy, Cares. Yeah, you can't put a price on nah. this. I've talked to people all the time about, um, for for all intents and purposes, to some degree, I'm professionally unemployed. You know, I, I own a bike shop and mm. I do the podcast, which is part of part of how I make a living nowadays. And we did torque and that. And um, I don't think I could go get a terrestrial job, even though I'm probably a good employee. I mean, I work hard for myself. Mm -hmm. I work hard for my family, just like you do. Mm -hmm. um, how how does all of this how do you tie all this in together to where um, what Adam Sandoval does has the same look and feel as 
what it has now today. Like, how do you grow things? We talked about growing social media, and you made a comment to me that I, I, I really had to, I really had to dig deep to find the answer of it. And it was you said that, you know, you feel that you're in a position that you could build up your social media and you could put that in the capable hands of somebody else and it would still do what it's doing now. I How believe do you, it would. What's that? I believe it would. Yeah. So tell me, that's a strong statement because I don't think people are thinking, I don't, I think even people that are making money on social media as a primary means are, they, it's still, it's hand to mouth and they have a lot of activity going on, right? So it's spinning, how many plates can you spin in the air? But how do you, how do you do this in a way that doesn't emulate a traditional business model, but still has the potential to be a legacy? Well, uh, you know, it, it, that's that's an interesting way of putting it. I, I would say, you know, to me, listen, social media, uh, it, it is a business and, and at the end of the day you have to treat it as such and you have to be professional I think that's where you lose probably 50% you know and I don't know if that's an accurate number but for sake of this conversation sure. you, you lose 50% right there because they don't want to do it professionally even though it's kind of a balance right because even though you've got to be authentic and real you have to also have to be a a professional which means you got to be accountable and you have to you know do what you say you're gonna do and you can't just throw stuff out there and not be held accountable for it so once you can understand that, okay, this is a business and this is the real world and I'm surrounding myself with real professionals like Brian we just had on, you know, uh, Brian's a professional dude. If you, yeah. if you give him poor business ethic, I don't care how many followers you got, he's not going to have nothing to do with you. That's true. You know what I mean? So, so once you accept that it's, it's good business, then it's just a matter of staying authentic and not chasing the business because once you chase the business it's going to run right you got to you got to you got to just believe in what you do and if you believe in what you do people will support you people will rally with you you know i don't do anything spectacular what i do is relate to a lot of people who believe in what i say you know and those people are gonna support me whether I decide to ride a Kawasaki tomorrow or a Harley tomorrow or a four-wheeler or a Jeep or a, it's I want to get into sports cars you know they're gonna support me because they identify with me they're passionate about me and they believe in me and while you know I recently had someone on social media say well it's a mistake using your name as the brand I just don't agree because I believe that right now, if I said, you know what, y'all, I'm going to focus on my wife and my family, and we've got, you know, maybe some serious things happening in our world right now, and I'm going to be off of social media, but everything you guys love about me and what I do, and, and thank you for supporting me so much, uh, I'm going to try to help this other guy get started, because I believe in him the way you guys believed in me. Will you help me in supporting this guy? I believe I could pass that baton off. I get it. Okay, so that's, I mean, that that brings in lots of things: mentors, uh, mentees, um, the pref the professionalism. Uh, passing the torch is is, a, is was a very different thing than what I thought you were indicating the other night. Okay. Um, so I understand that space a, a much more now from what you just said than what what we said the other day. Oh, uh, that's tequila. <laughs> <laughs> I don't speak as clearly on it. <laughs> Yeah, I think he leaned over and he said, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Well, and, and that's one thing about me, man, is I always just shoot straight, dude. If I respect somebody, I'm going to tell them how I feel and what I think. 
and I give them an opportunity to, to, to disagree with me and, and to look at their perspectives and give them an opportunity to look at mine. I mean, if we respect each other, why wouldn't we just speak openly? Right. Right? If, if I don't respect you, then I'm just going to keep my mouth shut and be like, go back to my room and be like, well, this guy. Yeah. You know, Met but that guy didn't have a favorable experience with yeah, him. Yeah. Maybe giving him another, another shot down the road, but for all intents and purposes, it's not. It's if I respect you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you my perspectives. And, you know, uh, I just think that I could I could pass off my channel. I mean, I, I just think I could. Uh, would it be as successful as today? Maybe not to start, but who knows? Maybe that person that I picked would, would do better than me. You know, I'm tired. I'm old. Hell, I'm 45 years old. How old are you? <laughs> I'm 49. Yeah, man. Well, you look better than me, though. So that... <laughs> no, I'm not near as handsome <laughs> as you are. Let me ask you this. Um, I, I'm very. I'm a very goal-oriented person. Um, I have to do what I consider calling doing the maze backwards, right? I, I see where I want to be, mm -hmm. and then I figure out my path to that from looking at the destination um, backward. Mm -hmm. Are you more goal-oriented forward? Are you not goal-oriented? And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It doesn't mm -hmm. mean you're rogue, but it means that you know you kind of take things as they come. Or do you? You mentioned earlier, don't chase business because it'll run. I love that. I'm mm -hmm. going to use that and reappropriate that. But I'm talking more about hey, you know what? I need to fill my bucket. I need to make sure that the people that are around me have their buckets filled as mm -hmm. well. So I'm going to try to put some of that in. What's are, are you do you do you set goals for yourself that are that are achievable unachievable far away close sure. how do you do that um i have goals right so uh you know riding to every dealership was a major goal for me and i know it probably doesn't sound that serious but you know you start putting into perspective you're like okay you're gonna ride 20 days straight and then okay now you're gonna ride 80 days straight and now you're gonna ride you know 400 days straight now you're gonna ride 600 days straight like okay it starts to get heavy it compounds yeah so you know that was a major goal for me and one i wanted to quit several times and and didn't uh because i just had to see it through um and and mainly because i was serving a purpose bigger than myself um uh, now i i tend to just take it a little bit more easy i don't chase business um but i do have a plan right uh you know before i met my wife I didn't chase women I was never that guy who like go up and try to hit on all the girls it just wasn't my jam but I still brushed my teeth and combed my hair and prepared myself right for the moment that you know I had you the had right opportunity, opportunity mm -hmm. you know and that's the difference between chasing something and earning something right so you know I don't believe in chasing business I, I try to earn it so I know what business wants out of me right they want uh, people that are uh, connected and genuine and like-minded and um, they want them to hear their message and that's a respectable thing if I own a business I want people to hear my message um, I'm passionate about it I mm -hmm. want people to hear it um, so I help people do that and that's you know that's what my business is now at this point in the game you know I'm older and I'm getting and I know I'm not that old but you know I'm not 25 and in the social media world 45 is on the older end of people it doing is. what I do so you know, uh, I look at my future and what am I going to do in the future? And it's like, will I always be a social media personality? I mean, I'll always probably put up content and share my life because it's what we do. Um, but right now, my main goal and focus is finding the other people that I can believe in. People that I believe are righteous enough and people that I believe are ethically aligned uh, enough and that have the correct morals and uh, are, have decent business sense. Uh, and the personality 
to put it all together and be successful on social media. And I'm trying to I'm trying to bring those people together. Um, you know, I got a, a project right now I'm working on called Motorcycle Destinations. Um, it's MotorcycleDestinations.com, and the website right now is mediocre, and we're rebuilding it, and it's going to be better. But what I did is I, I just tested it. I kind of felt it out. It's like Yelp, but it's just motorcycle spots. Right. Right. So if you're in Ohio and you want to find dope motorcycle spots, you can go on here and you can find real spots because when I traveled the country, every time I try to connect with bikers, I'd be like, all right, where are the riders at? And you try to Google that, dude, you spend three hours in a parking lot trying to figure out where to go. Yeah, because some Harley dealers don't, uh, this isn't a shot at Harley dealers, it's just, it's a, I think it's just indicative of that bar, that business model. They don't all understand creating a community around them. Right? right. I mean, they kind of sure. they're the Harley store. So the, sure. the barn shields up front. You know, you can get a bike, T-shirts, service. Right. Sure. You know, some of them do a much better job. Like Smoky Mountain Harley Davidson in uh, in Maryville, Tennessee. They've got the the shed. They've got the joint there. It's you know, it's it's they've got a, it's a destination hangout kind of place. Mm-hmm. You know, where you had your bar was was mm-hmm. by a Harley dealer, as you had said. <laughs> yeah. And it it wasn't the same experience. No. Right. No. So, you know, it it could have been very different had a few a few things a few things been. Uh, if I had a different changed. clientele, yeah, that was a severely retired uh, area, and so the people just weren't out drinking, right? You know, um, but like you know, go to Salt Lake City tomorrow and try to find a biker bar where there's you know, or a motorcycle bar where there's going to be ten bikes parked out front where we can have the conversations we have on the ship. How do you find that place? Right, very difficult. Every Burger King that held a bike night or was biker friendly six years ago is listed on all these sites, and and to sift through that is is never ending. So it's kind of like uh, it allows the the user to say, "Hey, I was here on my motorcycle. This is a good experience. Boom, check it out." Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Leave like a review. Exactly right. That's awesome. But Videos, it's, it's pictures. Mo- very motorcycle centric. One hundred percent. MotorcycleDestinations.com is the name. It's places you're going to run into other riders. Places you should go on your motorcycle. Roads you should ride. Things you should take pictures in front of. Uh, bars, restaurants that you should visit. Um, just places like if you're on a road trip or in your backyard. And you want to go somewhere for the day, where can I go and connect? And, um, you know, I started it by myself and I started it, you know, with just, you know, uh, a small budget. And I've since decided to reinvest and we're building out a very elaborate website um, that's going to compete with Yelp as, as functions and, and deliverables. Um, except instead of me doing it, I'm bringing in like eight other motorcycle social media people and they are going to be part owners in this company and we're giving them shares in the company for free um, in exchange for their services and these are all people that I believe have the ability to grow to everything that I've done to even bigger and um, together we're going to grow this brand and this platform and I, I don't know that anything in the motorcycle social media space has collaborated in in this extensive of a, of a space and and I'm not just doing it there I got other projects too but my goal now is to, to find the other riders and the other people on social media and try to lift them up and, and, and get them going and and, 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 and promote them because um, I'm gonna open up another campground here this year uh, somewhere okay. else in the country and we're gonna we're gonna continue to do this work for the veterans and um, I'm probably gonna try to open up two more you know kind of my big pictures is, is three to five of these things around the country um, and then, uh, then I'll breathe. There you go. Um, I want to close with, with a, one thing that I think, um, doesn't get talked about enough. Okay. Especially in our community. And that is that people don't talk about, um, sharing with each other 
and uh, in in that whether the successes or the failures, the, the pitfalls, some of the some of the you know easier ways to get trajectory or get get some traction. Um, how do we get everybody to come together to understand we're all on one team and that we all benefit when when one of us does good, we all do better, and when we all do better, we all do good. How do we how do we convey that message? And, and, and I know you you are somebody who lives through action, right? Mm-hmm. And we've seen that and you've proven that. And that's why your words are so important and people listen to what you have to say. So how do we get other people that are kind of trying to do what we're doing understand that we when we do all do well, we're, we're all doing very well? Sure. Well, rising tides raise all ships. Right. You know, tide comes in, all the ships on that water go up. Um, and I just think that's true. I mean, there are exceptions, of course. I mean, there are people out here that are trying to be famous for the wrong reasons. I'm not saying they're not out there, but at the end of the day, I think most of the people that are in this space are doing it because they love the sport. And as long as we grow the sport, we're all going to eat, you know, nobody's going out to buy a brand new Harley Davidson, watching my review on it and then purchasing it. They're going to watch my review. They're going to watch your review. They're going to watch her review you know, you don't spend $20,000 plus and not do your research. So, you know, for people to think, oh, this person over here is my competitor. No, they're not. I mean, there's more hours consumed on social media every day than you will ever be able to produce. Right? Right. So help each other, feed them. You know, the key is then to find people who feed you back, right? Like, oh, I'm going to promote you and throw you in my videos and tell everybody how great you are. And then, you know, you're going to come by my place and never even mention where, who, or what. That's a weird thing that's been happening. The reason why I bring it up is because it's happened so much uh, in the bike building world. Mm. You'll, you know, you'll be, you'll call, you'll be called on to help somebody do something that is of what I would say, a, a, you know, critical substance and a good piece of, of the work that they're doing. And they fail to mention that and fail to, it's like they're afraid to let anybody know that they needed help. And mm. it goes back to what you were saying earlier that, and Brian had mentioned about being vulnerable mm. allows you to grow. I think it's the only yeah. place that where growth really happens is mm-hmm. in vulnerability. I think you're 100% correct. I think a lot of people do it for two reasons. One, uh, they're either afraid to let people know that they need help, or two, they're afraid to help build somebody else because it may hurt them. And that's just an insecurity in their own ability. And that is probably somebody who's chasing the business, right? chances are that person is chasing the business. I don't care. I, I turn people onto all kinds of channels every week. You right. know what I mean? Check out this guy. Check out that guy. You know what I mean? I'll have small timers that come in. They're like, man, I only got my first thousand followers last week. I'll be like, well, let me plug you. You right. know what I mean? Let me, let, me, let me push you out there. Let me, let me tell people about you because you know what? Maybe you got something that somebody else relates to, and, and that's phenomenal. Right. Um, but if I was just chasing the business, I would never want to do that because I don't want you to grow big and take business off my plate. Yeah, I think I, I call it bulldogging, and I yeah. think that, you know, I don't want any of this if I can't share it with everybody. Man. You know what I mean? Every level every level of success that you have, um, being able to share that, that success with people is what, you know, brings brings them into, into the fold. And, man, you know, you might just step right over an amazing idea that it could help you solve a pretty substantial problem in your life if you're not willing to take in some some input and some critical you know Absolutely. thoughtful but critical um you know con- constructive criticism mm-hmm. so. yeah i mean this cruise uh for example you know they, they signed me as the first social media person that they've ever done anything like this with and they had great success in the first couple months and they came to me and they said well who else 
you know, and never once did I think, well, I don't want to give anybody else my in because then what if they like them better and then they don't want me back? Or, you know, what if, what if, you know, I, I bring them on and they get all this exposure and then they grow bigger than I do. And then my numbers drop. Like, I was like, what are you looking for? They're like, yeah. well, we'd want a woman. I'm like, well, fine. I got to get you one. What do you want her to be like? You know, do you want someone that's party animal? Do you want someone that's ethical? What do you, you know, because I know lots of wonderful people. people yeah and they kind of told me that you know they were kind of looking for my counterpart in the social media world i said okay made a phone call made an introduction and stepped out of it they made a deal she's on the ship we we're drinking in the pool together last <laughs> couple hours ago and and she got herself a gig and a new relationship and i helped her and that's it's paying it forward you never you know that's the not the problem with paying it forward but the the difficult to get people to understand about paying it forward is um you don't get to pick when it comes back to you. No. Nope. And Russell Simmons, uh, the founder of Def Jam Records, said that good givers are good getters, and you have to put yourself out there so you can receive that energy too. If you're going, you know, and Absolutely, you do that, man. you open yourself up. Absolutely. Adam, thank you very much for doing this with me today. <laughs> man, it was an so, honor, dude. Thank you so for late asking. in the cruise, dude. I uh, really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure to meet you, and I hope we get an opportunity to work together in the future on something, man. Brother, let's do something. Awesome. Let's make a difference. All right, and make sure you go and follow it. It's uh, Adam Sandoval Rides, right? Uh, just Adam Sandoval on YouTube, Adam Sandoval.official on Instagram. Uh, just Adam Sandwell. Put it in Google. You'll find me. Right on. Thanks, <laughs> Rock man. Rock and roll, man. Bye.